guys, it happened. Sean DePaz yeah, is behind baby. the microphone yeah. on the PHNX you know Dbeck show. You know what time it is. Derek couldn't be here today, and uh, Jacob was busy. Leah had to produce. There's nobody else in this office. <laughs> okay. Sean yeah, was the was only happening. option we had, so here we are, everyone. Uh, the one and only Sean DePaz is joining us here on the PHNX Dbeck show. Uh, this show is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one rated sportsbook app. Of course, my name is Jesse Friedman. I'm your vice mayor here. Uh, Derek will hopefully be back with us uh, tomorrow, but couldn't make it today. He has some family in town having uh, some interesting things happening on that front, as he talked about yesterday. Uh, but anyway, uh, Sean, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get started today with uh, an incredible video yes. of uh, two two children. Uh, this is one of the most wholesome things. Uh, these kids are avid baseball today collectors. Today we are opening gold label. I got it at the card yeah. shop. Yeah. So I, you were uh, you were you you were a big baseball collector. I was a big and baseball collector. Like Although you said you have uh, dozens of uh, yeah dozens of like full binders I have of baseball full, cards. Is that accurate? Like big three ring binders back home uh, in New York, full of cards. Like I mentioned to you before the show, my crowning like possession is a. Well, I have two. I have my autographed Bo Jackson Kansas City Royals card. Okay. And then I also have a, a Carl Yastrzemski signed baseball um, from his triple crown. One of his triple crown. Wow. Okay. I have some solid baseball memorabilia. I also have a seat from a seat back from Fenway Park. Um <laughs> But I have never experienced something like this. <laughs> <laughs> These kids getting a, what it was a one of one Shohei Mike Trout card autograph. Shohei, card? Uh, yeah, it, I believe it is. It is a rookie card and an autograph card. I guess we're getting a yeah. closer look here. Mike Trout Shohei autograph oh, it's card. Both. Okay, yeah. so it's both. Well, it's so a one of one. It is literally a one of one card, and these kids are going absolutely bonkers. I have to admit, most of the most of the best cards that I have in my collection are cards that I just straight up bought. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, fair in, like in the glass, they have yeah. cards you can just straight up buy. So I never experienced this. Yeah, it is both Trout and Otani. It is one of one. It is autographed. You never had an experience I, quite like this, See, Sean? I didn't know what I was doing well enough to have an experience like this, so I wonder if I'm sitting somewhere at home and I have, like, a a Mike Trout rookie card and I just have no clue. Like, I, I bet you I have some, like, crazy stuff in my cards because I just would, like, open them and be like, oh, that guy doesn't play for my favorite team. That guy doesn't play for my favorite Throw them in the binder. Yeah, like, I would just fair. get a bunch of that's cards. Fair. So I definitely have more cards that are worth nothing than I have cards that are worth something. Well, maybe okay. I have somewhere I have a, a, hidden, a hidden gem somewhere. Well, at some point, Sean, we're going to have to have you ship all yeah, of the baseball might, cards next in. Next time I go home, I might try and bring some back. And then uh, I'll bring mine in. And uh, I don't know if I have anything. I don't have anything. Maybe some trading, like what you're trade about. trading cards? We could. We could, we could actually, actually trade, trade cards. cards. We could I, actually trade cards. I don't think I've ever done that. Um, yeah, I have a Ryan Braun rookie card, Ooh. which I'm sure our audience is super happy to hear. <laughs> yeah. Everyone around here loves Ryan Braun. Uh, but anyway, I just love seeing uh, kids just get so hyped up over collecting baseball yes, cards. Same. It's... It seems to be kind of coming back in yeah. some in some ways. I'll admit that I collected until I was about eleven or twelve, and yeah. like, I haven't really touched it since. That's kind of where I was. But uh, but I'm glad to see that other people out there are still kind of going for it. Um, but yeah, uh, collecting baseball cards used to be just like yeah. like a timeless pastime. I'm something that, that I would kids, always be doing. I'm glad that kids care enough about baseball still to collect baseball cards. Yeah, it's a good sign. 
And these kids are Phillies fans, it appears. So, yeah. Uh, uh, they're maybe coming off a little bit of heartbreak recently. Yeah. So maybe this uh, maybe this helped them bounce back a little bit. Uh, anyway, uh, we also have some news switching gears here to uh, the hot stove front. Uh, mm-hmm. A certain player was seen in San Francisco oh, uh, yeah. yesterday, Sean. Uh, Leah, do we have that video? Aaron Judge, uh, what appears to be a hotel. I know some people are talking about how it appears that he packed a whole lot of stuff for being there for like a few days. I'm curious what you think about uh, what you think about that. But here is Aaron Judge being seen in a hotel in San Francisco. Aaron Judge in San Francisco. What are you doing in the city? Uh, just visiting some family and friends. That's about it. That's about it. Oh yeah. Any fun plans? We got something. Have a good one. You too. Seeing some family and friends. Huh, did Sean? he hit the camera with a little wink there? <laughs> After did. I was like, he oh, did hit okay. the camera with a wink. I Absolutely. mean, you have to believe he's a San Francisco giant, now, right? There's no <laughs> way you wink. Like he knows what he's doing there. He's either messing with all of us, or or he's actually there for friends and family. But I don't know. Yeah. I think we might be seeing a lot more Aaron Judge in the NL West. It's not impossible. Uh, impossible. Yeah, I did see uh, J.P. Morosi reported earlier today that Aaron Judge did, in fact, uh, not just go to San Francisco to meet with family and friends. He is meeting with the San Francisco <sighs> Giants today, uh, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we'll see what comes out of that. Sean, do you have uh, any ideas of where you where you expect Aaron Judge to go? Is is San Francisco uh, sort of the destination you have in your head as well? Well, I think I've made it pretty clear that the destination I have in my head is a him being a Boston Red Sox, um, not only because I grew up as a Boston Red Sox fan, but he also grew up as a Boston Red Sox fan. Okay. Um, I don't know if the Red Sox have any interest in actually spending that kind of money. I doubt he'll actually be a Boston Red Sox, but that's what I'm going to keep telling myself until okay. it happens. Okay. Um, but as long as he's not a Yankee, I, I think. I mean, I feel like he's probably he's got to be a Giant now, right? Like, yeah, I, I I'm leaning I'm leaning either Giants or Yankees. I think I think if he doesn't go back to New York, I think San Francisco is a really viable spot for him. Yeah. The the Giants, something that blew my mind. I saw this the other day. The Giants haven't had anyone hit 30 home runs in a season since Barry Bonds. Wow. Isn't that wild? That is pretty wild. Yeah. Like, because I guess Buster Posey had like some 20, 25 homer seasons. Brandon Belt was usually like in that range. But as good as the Giants were like in the early 2010s, yeah. they never had a guy like coming and hit 40 home runs. So I think that would be just an incredible spectacle for them, especially in that ballpark. Uh, Aaron, yeah. if anyone <laughs> could still hit 45 home runs in that <laughs> ballpark, Aaron Judge, Judge. Aaron Judge is probably the guy. Um, so that's certainly something to watch again. Uh, he is meeting with the Giants today, so I'm sure we'll get some more yeah. some more news on that front. That's not necessarily surprising. I mean, Aaron Judge was always going to meet with the Giants. Like this is not really news in in some way, but uh, him throwing the wink at the camera there was yeah, uh, that was, was sort of a funny moment. Got the wheels turning. Yeah, so we'll we'll have to see what comes out of that. Uh, on the Diamondbacks front. Um, we do have a report from Ken Rosenthal. This is a couple of days old at this point. We didn't talk about it yesterday, though, so I wanted to bring it up. Um, he talked about, uh, it's basically in his article, he's a headline that says, looking for outfielders, call the Diamondbacks. Yep. They're, the, they're the team um, that has obviously a surplus in that department. We've talked about that a lot. Um, they're particularly well positioned in this offseason's market because there are like no center fielders on the free agent market. It's either you get Brandon Nimmo or you call the Diamondbacks. <laughs> That's in some ways that kind of feels like your only two options right now. Um, so the D-backs are very well positioned in that regard. They have a lot of leverage because there aren't a whole lot of other options out there. Um, and what from what Ken Rosenthal said, it seems like it's a move the Diamondbacks are willing to consider as we've talked about in the past. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I like that they mentioned in the article. Obviously, you have to pretty safe to assume Corbin Carroll is not one of those guys that is in there. Yeah, he is untouchable. <laughs> it um, seems. Yes. But then, yeah, Dalton Varshaw, Thomas, and Jake McCarthy. I personally like i know jacob has a different opinion on this um he we doesn't don't want care what jacob yeah he doesn't yeah. want there's to a see reason alex, we asked you today instead yeah, of him yeah. he doesn't want to see alex <laughs> thomas go anywhere but like uh they say in the article i just it's going to be hard for the d-backs to to get back varsho's power if they were to trade him away like yeah. the home runs that he had yeah um i am more inclined to see them get rid of a of an alec thomas or a jake mccarthy than a dalton varsho personally okay um but it will be interesting to see because like it is it is nice that the d-backs are not like i mean it's similar to the coyotes i guess like they're in a position where they're not great right but they have they have resources they have materials to trade away this is true um, so i'm hopeful but i i would be i'd be shocked if all four of these guys are still on the the Arizona Diamondbacks really starts okay okay so you have you have faith that yeah I mean like I feel like you have to, you have to especially when you look at last season and how I know we're going to talk about it like how bad their pitching was you need yeah. to go get relief pitchers I feel like trading away one of the, the your biggest surplus is a pretty good way to do it especially like we were talking about the now what the free agent market looks like for relief pitchers after that when Diaz contract um I feel like trading for a reliever and probably doing so with one of these outfielders is probably the move mm. That's in interesting, opinion. Sean. I I can just feel some of our audience members right now <laughs> going like, I don't know, like the thought of trading away like a Jake McCarthy yeah. or a Dalton Varsho or like a name that's that big that has that much value and getting a reliever back is yeah. like the centerpiece. Oh, yeah. I think that there's probably some like natural heartache that would come with that. It would have to be a darn good reliever. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, I mean, you're not, you know, you're not doing that for like a one year, two year yeah, rental or something. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good the guy is, but you're right. I mean, the, the relief market in terms of free agency is very high price and it's always high price in terms of trades yeah, too. Yeah. It seems like you're not really going to get any kind of a deal, uh, on that front. Uh, Brian says Liam Hendricks would be kind of nice. Um, that's <laughs> certainly, certainly a name that's been floating out there. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens on that front. I think I'm with you. And then I lean Maybe 60-40 toward the Diamondbacks doing, uh, actually pulling off a trade yeah. with one of the outfielders. Um, I don't have, that's sort of just my own personal hunch. Um, but yeah, when you have something that so many other teams need and they don't really have another great way to get it, you're really dealing from a position of power there. So it's an opportunity that the Diamondbacks are definitely searching out. Um, another factor here, and, and I know maybe some of you clicked on this video because of the, the clickbaity headline that says, <laughs> uh, you know, the Diamondbacks making the playoffs in 2023 is maybe not as far-fetched as you think. We're going to get into that more, um, in our next segment, but Part of that that I want to talk about now is the fact that the Los Angeles Dodgers are losing a lot yeah. of players. Uh, you look at their list of free agents that are on their way out. It's Trey Turner. It's Justin Turner, Craig Kimbrell, Joey Gallo, of course, Cody Bellinger. Maybe that's even almost addition by subtraction. Yeah, in a sense. Was he was not, not one of their better players. Uh, Andrew Heaney gave them a lot of value um, in sort of a long relief role this year, though. And they also already lost Tyler Anderson to the Angels. So... There's a lot of guys missing uh, from this 22, uh, 2022 roster going into 2023. There's also the fact that Walker Bueller, um, I believe, will miss the entire 2023 season. So they've lost some rotation depth there. Uh, we're not going to sit here and pretend that the Dodgers are just going to go into next <laughs> yeah, year with the over. same team, yeah. right? Like, like they're going to make some moves this offseason. And, I, you know, they, they've been talking with Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander. Have you heard of this, Sean? I can't no. pronounce his last name. Really? It's sort of a thing on the show. 
Um, <laughs> Justin Verlander uh, is a guy that the Dodgers might look at uh, at trying to acquire, and I, I'm sure that they'll they'll pull off a deal or two with some of the bigger names. But at least right now, it looks like a team that might be a little bit more beatable going yeah. into next year. Yeah, I mean, it is nice, right? Because it, it would. You look at the D-Best trajectory, they're obviously getting closer and closer to competing in this division. They're not the Dodgers yet. Even with losing all these peaches, they're not close to the Dodgers. But it's nice to see that they are not like just just going to remain a juggernaut forever as you come closer to competing. Yeah. Um, do you think any of these people could end up being an Arizona Diamondback? Any of the, any of the Dodgers? Yeah. Um, uh, Justin Turner makes a little bit of sense, right? Like the right-handed hitting yeah. third baseman. He's also really old. Also true. Um, 38, I want to say. He's going into his age 38 season. I think Andrew Heaney is sort of interesting. The D-backs don't have a whole lot of depth in terms of lefties. Um, he put up some incredible strikeout numbers this last year with LA. So, um, no, I'm not going to say that, Ben. No, I'm not playing this <laughs> Newfoundland? game. Newfoundland? <laughs> um, there we go. Sean said it, so I don't have to. Um, yeah, I think Andrew Heaney and, and Justin Turner are maybe the names that stick out the most. Um, obviously, Trey Turner is not a realistic option. Yeah. Uh, Craig Kimbrell, I guess, is sort of interesting. Right. He's not, he wasn't very good last year for, for the Dodgers, uh, which is it's kind of weird. I mean, they, they traded A.J. Pollock. Are they? Uh, they traded AJ Pollock to the White Sox. They got Craig Kimbrell back, and both sides of that trade really didn't turn out mm. very well. Pollock had a down year with Chicago, but um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I don't necessarily see any of those as like jackpot yeah. um, pieces for the Diamondbacks. But in terms of just what the Dodgers still have going into next year, you know, it's Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and Will Smith. There are worse trios. Yeah, I was gonna of, say. So those guys are good at baseball. <laughs> it's not. It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, in terms of the rotation, they still have Julio Urias, of course. Finished top five in Cy Young voting. Uh, voting Tony Gonzalez. Uh, they did bring back Clayton Kershaw. Dustin May is in the mix as well. Although it seems like they can't get more than about thirty innings a year <laughs> uh, from him. He's he's uh, struggled with injuries the last few years. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It it at least gives a little bit more hope on the D backs front that like. They're going to make some additions this winter, but maybe some of those pieces are a little bit more volatile than yeah. this Dodgers machine that is hasn't had that much turnover like yeah, the last yeah. five or ten years. It seems like they're bringing back a lot of the same players uh, year after year. So maybe this opens the door for, for the D-back, Sean. I'm not yeah. I'm not saying division title here, but it, at least maybe you There's don't some go more competitive games. <laughs> yeah, maybe you don't go four and fifteen yeah. uh, against the Dodgers. Although I guess they're playing fewer games against them next year, yeah. also. So there's also that fact. Yeah, and also like I don't know I, if I, I don't know how the other D-back fans are. I dislike the Dodgers, so even if it's not the <laughs> you're, D-backs, you're the only yeah, one, I know, right? Sean. But I'm saying even you're if it's not one. the D-backs <laughs> winning the division, like even if it means that someone not named the Dodgers winning the division, like that'll make me happier. Like if the Padres win the division, yeah, I'm st- I'm I'm a little happier that it's just. N- Finally, not the Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, so that that is even something to look forward to, right? Like like we said, obviously the D-backs are not going to be competing for a division champion or a division title next year, but maybe we someone... We the next segment yet, Sean. Yeah, we enough. don't, we don't yeah. know yet. Fair, we don't enough, know yet. fair enough. But obviously, <laughs> or hopefully, it's just not the Dodgers. I would like to see that. I don't want to call them a dynasty because you got to win to be a dynasty, and they've only won one ring because they continually choke. Neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, like Charles said, anyone but LA. If the Padres, Aaron judges Giants... Um, whoever, as long as it's not the, the Dodgers. <laughs> Aaron Judge, I, I think the Dodgers have showed some interest there yeah, as well. Sure. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how things turn out on that front. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. I think I think at least as of today, 
like I feel pretty much maybe even better about the Padres chances in yeah, the NL same. West, depending, of course, on what the Dodgers and the Padres do this offseason. My guess is the Dodgers will probably still be the favorite when yeah. all is said and done. Um, but there's certainly a lot of uh, movement um, to come there. We'll see. We'll have to see what happens. Um Four Peaks is hosting crazy numbers of events for us yeah. right now. <laughs> um, we were out there today at 8 a.m. Yep. I'm told people went to Four Peaks this morning at 8 a.m. to watch soccer. Two hours um, before they even actually opened. Yeah, which which is uh, remains wild to me. But that just <laughs> that just tells you, everyone, uh, how great our friends over at Four Peaks are. Uh, we are teaming up with them to host all U.S. and Mexico World Cup matches at their 8th Street Pub. Uh, be sure to check the link in the show notes in order to register for free. A lot of perks, Sean. We've got uh, beer specials, giveaways, guest appearances. I believe the head coach of Phoenix Rising was out there today yeah, with Longero, the crew, yep. um, which is really an incredible get. Uh, $3 kilt lifter, wow wheat pints. Um, we have Mexico versus Argentina coming up this Saturday at noon. Um, I also believe that there's a USA match on Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I don't even know what the World Cup okay. schedule is, but it, if there's a game, go to Four Peaks. If you listened to the show yesterday, you know how little I actually <laughs> understand about the game of soccer. So uh, I'm probably not the one to be dishing out this information, but... If you are a fan and you want to catch a Mexico or US uh, USA game, there's no better place to go than over at Four Peaks. Um, and again, they were out there uh, just this morning at 8 a.m. So um, seemed like a pretty electric environment for a sport that I still don't understand why people like. But uh, anyway, um, Sean, have you uh, have you had any any fabulous OGs experiences recently that you'd like to oh, you'd like to share with our audience? I have. I do on a pretty consistent basis. The OGs experience I'm looking forward to the most is going to happen in two days because I am going to make myself a nice chicken casserole. I'm going to partake in some OGs and just sit back and vibe and watch football on Thanksgiving. That's what I'm excited for. Okay, it is. It's just especially when you're alone. I like being alone sometimes, and I like being off the OGs and being alone. Ah, so it's, a, it's a vibe. Okay. I may or may not have been off the OGs last night when we watched and I watched a movie that we'll talk about later. Um, <laughs> but so maybe that impacts my opinion of the movie. We'll see. Um, but it's just I don't know. Honestly, whatever you're doing, as long as you're 21 and being responsible, it, the OGs make it better. Flavors life. Be sure to check out our friends over at OGs Brands on Instagram. Um, you can also find them at your local dispensary. Must be 21 plus to enjoy. Um, and yes, as, as Sean has described, apparently if you're watching a movie, there's no better there's no better way to go than uh, partaking of our friends over at OGs. Um, we're going to go ahead and jump in, Sean, to uh, a segment I'm excited for because there's there's a little bit more reason for optimism yeah. going into 2023 uh, than even I anticipated. Um Basically, our friend Jack Summers over at Inside the D-Backs does a great job, has become a, a really good friend of mine. Um, he did some research where he basically took steamer projections, uh, which is just like player projections, just a bunch of data on, on how players will perform in 2023. Um, and the, the only issue with steamer is that a lot of times um, it's guesses at how much playing time yeah. every player will get is just totally bonkers. And, and it's like, okay, this is not usable. Like, you know, Tommy Henry's not going to throw 240 innings <laughs> next year or whatever. Um, I don't think it projected that, but you get the idea. Um, so he basically went in and, and he took steamer projections, but he prorated them based on a more realistic allotment of playing time. And the results are pretty insane. Um, Leah, can we get our first graphic? It's it's basically a, a, this is the smaller one that just kind of gives the breakdown. Here it is. So 
Generally speaking, if you have an entirely replacement level baseball team, so we're talking wins above replacement, if if it comes out as just an even zero, on average, you would win 47.6 games per year. I did not come up with this, but Hmm. apparently it's a thing. Uh, You'd win about 48 games if you had an entire team of Paven Smiths, basically. He's r- <laughs> roughly roughly a replacement level player. That sounds um, like so exciting. It sounds like great baseball. There you go. Yeah. Um, the Diamondbacks, according to this projection, which is from Steamer and then also compiled by our friend Jack Summers, uh, the Diamondbacks are projected to have 11.1 total wins above replacement from their pitching staff and then 25.1 from their position players, which is a really big number. 25 is a significant amount of war to get from your position player core. You add those numbers together, Sean, you basically just take that 47.6 plus those two numbers to try to figure out how many wins the D-backs would would project to have in 2023. It's 83.8. And that's with the current roster. That's not the Diamondbacks having gone out and really done anything to their bullpen, right? That's without having a third baseman. I think there's still a right-handed power hitter to be had here at some point over the offseason. They're already at 84 wins. Yeah. Um, I was shocked when I when I originally saw this, Sean. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was shocked by it too. But, I mean, think about last season. Like, I mean, I know this is not – this is assuming it's like the same bullpen. But the bullpen was like – they win just like half of their games. This is a – this is – this they're closer to this number. So, like – it, it, it's not it's not that surprising. I mean, I think you mentioned it the other day. Like it's you get a full season of Corbin Carroll. You get more of these young yeah. young pitchers getting brought up, stuff like that. Um, obviously, the depth in the outfield in general, just like I, I, it is shocking, like when you first look at it. But I mean, when you think about it, I don't think it's that unrealistic. Like they're not that bad of a team. No, they're not. They're really not that bad. You look at last year, there was times where they were like a legitimately good team. So. I would like to see it. It's nice to see a number that starts with an eight and is not single digits um, as their win <laughs> prediction. Um, but and is not single digits. <laughs> not single digit. Um, not that I've seen single digit projection. The Diamondbacks are projected to go eight, eight. and one hundred and fifty four. Sean has seen have, some rough days. With that. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I would like to see it. I, I, I don't think it's that unrealistic. Um, yeah. And like, like you said. There's still there's still moves to be made. This team is going right. to pre- presumably going to get better. Um, hopefully, add or make changes to the bullpen. Get that uh, power hitter that you mentioned. Like that happens. Watch out. Yeah, San Francisco Giants for third place. Maybe I don't know. We'll see. I'm not going to get crazy and sit here and predict they're going to win the division. <laughs> but you never know. Well, I mean, when Aaron Judge and Justin Turner and and Craig Kimball and all of them are Arizona Diamondbacks, I know it's probably going to go there. Way you up, go. But yeah, there you go. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Jack Summers is actually in the comments with us. Uh, he just said, shock the hell out of me, too. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're right there with you, Jack. Um, if we look at the breakdown for pitchers in particular, there are a few things that stand out here. Um, the biggest one being, uh, I know this might be a little bit small if you're if you're uh, on your phone right now, but um, one of the underlying assumptions here that, that Jack will admit is that uh, Madison Bumgarner is projected for 85 innings. <laughs> so there is an underlying assumption here that the Diamondbacks don't pitch Madison Bumgarner yeah. for an entire season. And you can see um, in this projection, we have 120 innings for Brandon Fott, 120 innings for Dre Jameson, 120 innings for Ryan Nelson. Um, obviously, those are just guesses. Yeah. Like you're not most likely, you know, two of those guys wind up way above that number. Maybe one of them hardly pitches at all and struggles. Obviously, you're just kind of taking a shot at the dark here. Yeah. Um, 
But as expected, uh, most of the war is coming from Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, which it also did this last year. Uh, this last year, it was basically Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly combined for about eight war, and the rest of the entire pitching staff was basically replacement level. There really wasn't a whole lot of value uh, with anyone else. But uh, does anything stand out to you, Sean, looking at, at all the pitchers here? Um, nothing that stands out. Seeing Madison Bumgarner is the, what, sixth name there, and so assuming that we have five guys or yeah five guys in this rotation that are pitching more than him is exciting i'm ready for madison Bumgarner to pack his bags and get up out of here um but uh, yeah it's nothing really surprising right like like you said obviously zach Gallon and merrill kelly are going to be those yeah those two guys as far as war is concerned but um it is just that that's the big thing for me is i just it'll be it'd be nice to get full seasons out of some of these young guys um and not really have to worry about madison Bumgarner being like a f- full-blown part of this rotation and that that is my current expectation like if i if i'm a betting man i probably take the under on 100 innings for madison bumgarner um i think that you know the diamondbacks have said that incumbency matters and coming into spring training i think he will have a leg up in in terms of getting a roll out of the gate um but that doesn't mean he's going to pitch the whole year in the starting rotation right um so i think they'll they'll set the bar high there and they're not going to give him more innings than his performance actually warrants um another thing i want to mention uh, i guess for those of you joining us on audio who don't see the numbers these projections are not that crazy like merrill kelly's projected to have a 4.26 era zach gallon's projected to have a 3.76 era those are actually like on the lower end i would i would probably say especially for zach gallon um, I think at this point, like an ERA just under four would be kind of a down year for him. Yeah. Um, which projection systems tend to do. I mean, Zach Gallon wasn't great two years ago, yeah. but he was really good this past year. So, um, you know, it's going to kind of live in the middle of those two things. But yeah, these numbers are are honestly very realistic. And that's why I'm so shocked yeah. looking at them. Yeah. Like, wait, how do you get to 84 wins yeah. with like these numbers not even being that crazy? If we look at the offensive side of things, um, there's a few things that stand out there as well again this has jack's like playing time allotments uh built in here um nothing nothing too crazy here either i mean christian walker projected for 2.6 war um he was up over four this last year jake mccarthy 2.3 um over a full season which is also lower than what he was on pace for this last year dalton varsho 3.2 uh corbin carroll three I guess that's one of the ways that you're getting more value yeah. out of this team next year is a full year of corbin carroll I think Corbin Carroll could be better than a three-war player even in yeah, next season, I given agree. how how good he was. Um, do you think 2.8 is is high for Cattell Marte, Sean? Uh, <laughs> do you feel this, bullish? Is that too bullish? I don't know. <laughs> it's just you don't know what Cattell Marte you're going to get. What I, I feel like Jacob is... Jacob wants this, to say something, this, everyone. That Nick Ahmed salary literally makes me want to vomit. <laughs> literally <laughs> makes me want to vomit. 10.4? 10, 10. The 10. second on the team. For, um, for, third. for position players. Yeah, second on the team for position players. Yeah. That made that's disgusting. I mean, it's not that bad. Oh, it's bad. <laughs> wow. All right, Jacob. <laughs> I mean, he's projected yeah. for one war, right? He's projected for one one war. And one war generally equates to about eight million dollars on the free agent market, eight, eight and a half. So if you're playing if you're paying a one war player ten million, you're probably overpaying them a little bit. Yeah. But it's not. I don't think it's as egregious as what Jacob. Don't don't listen yeah. to him. No, I'm not listening. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> He's just Mar- upset because he wasn't invited on. The show. <laughs> He's just very jealous. Um, but Cattell Marte. I mean, like, I think it might be a little generous the prediction they had there. But like, also, 
I don't think he's going to be as bad as he was last year. Like, at least I'm hoping he's not. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like, you know, a little further removed from getting that contract. Plus, I feel like... No, and once you got into the, the heart of last season, this was the case. But, like, coming into the season, like, I feel like people don't really care about Cattell Marte the way they used to. In terms of, like, they like people are putting more emphasis on all the young outfielders. And yeah. they're going to they're gonna be paying more attention to the bullpen. And obviously now Zach, Cal- Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly have high expectations. Like, I feel like Cattell Marte is not as big of a part of the expectations that fans might have for the D-back coming in this right. year. Um, so hopefully, I, I obviously don't... I'm only speculating as to why he didn't play well last year, but hopefully not having the the, the looming presence of the new contract and the yeah. pressure and stuff like that. Hopefully that allows him to, to play a little better. Time will tell. Um, but I, it, definitely a little generous, but hopefully it's not as generous as my as like your gut reaction might tell you it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll I mean, though. I think 2.8. I don't have the numbers in front of me. I think 2.8 is a little higher than what he did this last year, but. But yeah, I mean, he was great in in 2021, right? So again, these projection systems kind of live in the middle and kind of average things out, and that's where these numbers come from. Um, but yeah, we're not saying, I mean, the D-backs winning 84 games, this this projection overall is not contingent on Cattell Marte bouncing back yeah, and having yeah. a 900 OPS and getting MVP votes again, right? Like, we're not, we're not expecting that. Um, someone in the comments mentioned, I think it was Ryan mentioned Thomas at 2.4 would be nice. Uh, which that was one of the numbers that stuck out to me as well. Um, Alec Thomas was about a one war player this last year, a little bit below one. Uh, the defense is obviously great, but offensively, he really struggled toward the end of the year. Um, I'm with you, Ryan, that uh, 2.4, I think, would be a great get from from Alec Thomas. And he certainly has the ceiling to do a lot more than that. I mean, he was a very highly touted prospect. I don't think I'd be shocked if he did better than that. But there's also a chance you have to acknowledge, like, Maybe Alec Thomas comes into next year and continues to struggle yeah. to hit major league pitching. Uh, sometimes it takes guys multiple years to really figure this out. So that's probably something to, to tap the brakes on a little bit as well. The other number that stuck out to me, Sean, was 2.1 for Carson Kelly. Mm. Um, that would be a pretty big bounce back year for Carson. Um, obviously, this last year was not great for him. He had he had injuries once again that kind of hindered him. Um, where do you stand in terms of your feelings on Carson Kelly at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think you saw for, what was it, July or June last year where you had that, like, really good month? Like, yeah. you, you know that he's... It's like everyone, everyone was ready to give up on him. And yeah, yeah. He hit, like, 350 for a month or something, and it was like, yeah. okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. so, I mean, like, you know he's capable there. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be, like... I don't think you're going to get that. Like, I don't think at any point we're going to get uh, that kind of production consistently from Carson Kelly, but I think it yeah. could kind of average out a little bit more where you, you, he plays a little bit better. It's just, I don't know. I feel like there's so much, there's so much, there's so many questions. Like it's just the, like a time will tell kind of thing. Um, but I, I think it, it will be a little bit better than last year. Yeah. Maybe that's just me being hopeful, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like the D backs are more targeting a backup catcher than they yeah. are starting yeah. catcher. I think the plan is to roll with Carson Kelly moving forward, which probably makes sense. I mean, uh, like we talked about yesterday, he has this every other year thing going on where he was great in 2019, not good in 2020. Then he was great again in 2021, not so great last year. Maybe 2023 is the year uh, that he is able to find things again and, and yeah, get back on track. Um, But yeah, the way that I see this, I mean, if you're at 84 wins right now, I think it's pretty reasonable the D-backs could add three or four more war over the offseason in trades. Um, or, or free agent signings. And I know for 
for those of you who are not so analytics inclined out there, you might be, um, I don't know, just like yelling at me uh, deep down because you're tired of me talking yeah. about war numbers. But um, but I mean, this is a, a pretty good way of, of kind of projecting yeah. where a team is at moving forward. Um, uh, Jack told me the other day that roughly around, around 40, 40 is about the amount of war you need overall on your team in order to really be in the mix for the playoffs. The D-backs are 36. So if you can find a way to get another four, which is actually like pretty realistic, if the D-backs are a little more aggressive than, yeah. than maybe they, they might be, um, there's a way where you really could be kind of right on the edge of the postseason picture next year. And if you get some unexpected breakouts, you know, if Corbin yeah. Carroll has a five war season, if Zach Gallon has a six war season, like there are some breakouts and then that could happen that could really push the team even further. Um, unfortunately, you don't make the playoffs like in a vacuum, like what other yeah. teams do also makes sense. We can't just, uh, just play the numbers game and yeah. say, hey, if the D-backs add four war, they're a playoff team. It helps that they're playing the Dodgers less. <laughs> it does. It absolutely does. So just kind of looking at the projected postseason picture for next year, I see the Dodgers, the Braves, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Padres. Yes. At least for me. I'm curious if there are any, any other teams that you would throw in there or any teams that maybe you'd take off the list. But those teams are probably going to make the playoffs next year. Yeah, I feel like all of those are are pretty close to locks. I mean, the Phillies were just in the World Series, so like, yeah, I recognize I didn't yeah. even have the Phillies. Yeah, in there. so like, <laughs> they'll probably be in the playoffs too. Um, I mean, obviously, the, the NL East is going to keep being interesting. Um, yeah, I, I think those are the only ones you can lock in because I feel like the NA, the NL Central is just so like. I don't know, whoever sucks the least kind of thing. Yeah, um, right, right. So, yeah, I feel like those are probably probably the locks. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's anyone there that, like, there's no one on that list that I feel comfortable that the D-backs are going to, like, right. push past, right? Like, I feel like some things have to go their way, but. Yeah, and that's, that's where we kind of have to tap the brakes yeah, a little bit yeah. here and, and recognize, like, okay, you know, 84 is a nice win projection, but how are you pushing yourself yeah, ahead exactly. of any of these other teams? So, uh, yeah, and there's other teams in the mix, too. Obviously, the Phillies, um, although it sounds like they might be missing Bryce Harper for a decent portion yeah. of the year, um, given that somehow he needs Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Not a picture, but, I mean, but look it at the Phillies last year, they weren't good for, at first, so right. I, I, they can, uh, clearly can afford to not play well right away. Yeah, that's true. They were they were not a very good baseball team toward the beginning of the year. Uh, the Brewers are probably also going to be in the mix on, mm. on some level, at least. They were an above 500 team this last year. Uh, the Giants, if the Aaron Judge thing happens, I think they're certainly yeah. in the conversation. Uh, they would maybe be a step above the D-backs at that point. Uh, the Chicago Cubs have also been linked to some of the bigger names in free agency. So, uh, so yeah, the competition is tough. Even with the extra wild card spot, it's still not like, yeah. oh, yeah, if the D-backs win 85 games, they're in. Yeah. It's not really at all yeah. the case. So I mean, you like you talked about, the Dodgers might get worse, but Padres get... Uh, Tatis back. Don't know yeah. what it's going to look like, but they get him back. Yeah. And then if the jo the Giants get Aaron Judge, like those are the Dodgers and then the two teams above you improving. Um, so it definitely makes it harder. But like that's not the goal, right? Like we're not we're not sitting here being like this is the year for the Aaron Diamondbacks. Like yeah, they, they they still have time. The window's not open yet. So yeah. as long as they the improvement, like that's why last year was so exciting for me. Is like they just showed that they were moving in the right direction. That's all you can really ask for right now. Like you're not expecting them to become a contender overnight. I just think the timeline is like maybe a little bit more accelerated than what yeah. I had in my head. Yeah, like I agree. I had coming into this, I had this next season is like 
you know, you might have a shot at being 500 yeah, sort yeah, of a thing. Yeah. Like, um, and I think there is still some some merit to that, um, which I'll be writing about over the course of the next few weeks. I think there are a couple of things that I picked up on over the course of the year. Uh, certain players might be due for a little bit of regression. So um, stay tuned on that. I think there are still some reasons to tap the brakes on that front. But overall, I mean, if this team comes out and just wins 84 games next year, even with the offseason moves that are still yet to be made, I think a lot of people would be really yeah, excited about agree, that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of excitement to come. Uh, we still have to review Major League, which yeah. I know is why at least half of you are even here today. Uh, but first, uh, I want to tell you about uh, the fact that it is uh, Thanksgiving in two days, and of course, there's no better time to use the DraftKings Sportsbook app um, than during the Thanksgiving holiday when everyone yeah. is watching football, which is another sport that I don't fully understand why people <laughs> like. But uh, you all should download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use code PHNX, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. You know who's Max playing? is oh. lingering in the shadows. <laughs> he's, but giving he's giving a thumbs up. He's giving me a thumbs up. Um, I think he, he's just checking up on me because last time <laughs> I botched all the ad reads when I was here. So um, uh, Max is happy with me. So I guess that's good. I know you don't know a lot about football. So I'm going to give this to you for free. If you okay. are using the DraftKings Sportsbook app on Thanksgiving, Hammer the Buffalo Bills against the Detroit Lions. They're gonna roll. Oh, there we go. There mm. we go. go um, is that game? Where is that game happening? In Detroit. The okay. Bills play in Detroit twice in five days. Is that the one that was moved? Yeah, the Bills. No. The so the, 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 on Sunday they had moved from Buffalo to Detroit. This game was also already scheduled to play in Detroit. Oh, so now interesting. It just so happened that it lined up. They're playing twice in a week in Detroit. Do you do you miss Buffalo, Sean? Where they just got like six. Oh, I was snow? missing Buffalo, and then my mom started sending me videos of her not being able to leave the house. Um, don't miss that. Don't miss having to shovel off a car or or be the man of the house and have to shovel. Like I love you, mom, but I'm glad I don't have to do that for you anymore. Personally. I I have never shoveled a driveway it in is my life. And not I, fun. I am so happy about that. Um, uh, it is not only Thanksgiving this week; it is also Black Friday mm. uh, coming up, which of course. You all predicted this. Nobody's surprised. But of course, we're going to have some of deals course. happening over at the PHNX Locker. Uh, so check out the PHNX Locker on Black Friday. Save up to 90% off of everything. And when you spend $75, get a $15 gift card. Um, mob on over to the PHNX Locker. Hit the link in the description uh, to start adding stuff to your cart. Um, it should be it should be a great day. Black I know. Friday I'm about is, to stock up. Yeah, there is no, there is no better day uh, to stock up on all your PHNX merch. Uh, than Black Friday itself. Uh, also, become a diehard. Uh, mm. We still have that little logo on the screen. It's not going anywhere anytime <laughs> soon. Um, you all should become a diehard if you have not already. Uh, there are so many perks, Sean. Yeah. Uh, you get discounts to all of our events, all of our tailgates, um, pretty much everything that we do that costs money. You're pretty much going to receive a discount on all of it. Um, plus, you'll get access to um, each of our weekly newsletters, which is our written content that is staying behind the paywall. Most of it is out, but there is some written content still behind the paywall. Uh, my first newsletter will be going out tomorrow. Ooh, so I'm excited um, for it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, um, writing about Zach Gallon and maybe how he can take a next uh, take the next step in, in 2023. So if you're not already a diehard, be sure to head over to gophnx.com and uh, and get on that um but it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the show it's maybe it's not your favorite segment <laughs> but uh but uh cue the graphic uh leah because it's time for jesse hasn't seen it which uh 
Sean, I assume you knew this about me. I don't, I don't really watch. Movies, yeah, so, so I've heard. I'm also <laughs> kind of in the same vein. I have, I had seen Major League, but I, there are a lot of movies that I haven't seen. So I, I, I feel me you. Me too. This feels like a safe space right it, now. It, yeah, it is a safe space. <laughs> um, but this is a very good movie. So I'm, I'm especially for a baseball guy. I'm excited that you finally got to watch it. And you watched it again. Yeah, last I watched night? it again last in night. In preparation. Um, in preparation, just refresh myself. It's. That's my favorite baseball movie. It's just, I, I love that movie. <laughs> so uh, we're going to do it a little bit different today. I picked out like a bunch of screenshots uh, from the movie that I think are uh, the ones I could easily find on the internet yeah. and the ones that I thought were uh, were particularly interesting that stood out to me. Uh, before I get into that, though, I need to point out that like toward the beginning of the film when they're scheming about how to make the Cleveland Indians bad and how they want to be in last place and everything, I have to acknowledge I was kind of thinking of the Cincinnati Reds um, <laughs> coming into 2022, who I believe started the year. The Reds finished the year kind of okay-ish, uh, mm-hmm. but they started the year like 3-22 and 22 yeah, like or something ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember Jeff Passan, I went back and found an article, Jeff Passan wrote an article about how it is tanking at its ugliest yeah. uh, was what the Reds were doing coming into this year. Um, and then the Reds like kind of started winning, mm-hmm. right? So it reminded me of, of what's going on in Major League where like the goal is to lose and it's like, gosh darn it, like why is Brandon Drury so good, right? At like the Arizona Coyotes, that's what they like to do, just win games that they have no business winning. Right, right, to ruin yeah, the tank. right. There's also a connection there. Um, the first screenshot though that I have picked out is of course this iconic moment. This is the just a bit outside moment. Which I had no idea. Just a bit coming, outside. Coming into this, I had no I, idea that I quote this, this is the movie I was from. all the time. Like if anyone's throwing something and they like, I don't even know in what context I really use it. But if someone like is trying to throw something in the trash can and they miss, they're trying to throw me something and they miss. I'm like just a bit outside. Uh, screenshot number two. Um, all right, so we we have to have a conversation here about the managerial tactics for the end <laughs> yeah. of this game. This dude is like this dude is exhausted. <laughs> I mean, it is the ninth inning. You can, I mean, you could just tell visually at how exhausted he is, and the fact that he should no longer uh, be pitching in this game. This is Eddie yeah. Harris. Uh, for those of you joining us on audio, um, can we go to screen the next one, Leah? <laughs> this is Eddie Harris. Like this is not. This is the old man. I, I'm not going to be too judgmental here, Sean, um, because I don't necessarily have the build that is necessary <laughs> to play professional sports. But this man is not a professional major league pitcher. There is no, no way. No, but I guess that was kind of the point, right? They were trying to get people that weren't really major league pitchers. But that's true. Yeah, no, he is just an old man. The thing that's crazy when you look at like the last screenshot, he gave up two runs in the seventh inning of a pennant clinching game. Why, like you said, the managerial decisions. Like, why? Why is he yeah. still in in the ninth? I, I don't understand that. And then you go in. Who are you going to replace him with? The guy that's just struggled against the Yankees his entire <laughs> career. The whole if you didn't start him for the exact that exact reason, then you pull him in. And obviously, it works out because it's a movie. But it, the managerial decisions were were definitely questionable. Questionable, questionable for sure. Um, and yeah, and it was also uh, the bases were loaded. Right when they put him in, yeah, and and he's. I mean, Who do you bring in? The guy that struggles with his control. Yeah, he's the guy who has no fastball command, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, the other thing that bothered me toward the end of the game, which I don't have a screenshot for, is that really the best move was to have Jake Taylor, uh, yeah, bunt. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I didn't understand that. And have Willie Mays Hayes steal third and then try to score from second on a bunt. <laughs> It was pretty wild. I just I love the like the quick shot of the third baseman be like, oh shit! Like he didn't expect him to bunt. Like <laughs> I was gonna make that big of a difference. Um, yeah, I, there was they were playing like underdogs though. You know, you just gotta 
you got to try something. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. It was a pretty wild was a base move. knock up the middle. Like, like an under, that's still like in line with an underdog tail, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you it can is pretty wild. And also, bat. if you were going to bunt, like you probably would bring in somebody who bunts. Like you probably wouldn't just let your catcher try and bunt yeah. for a single. Like if you're going to play strategically, like you're going to. You're gonna get a pinch hitter or something. And he's the guy with bad knees, right? <laughs> yeah, you're, gonna like have you're betting him, on him to have beat him the run, throw yeah, to first exactly, base. Exactly. Like, <laughs> it oh was a pretty gosh. wild move, but again, it's a movie. You know, it's a movie. It's flat. true. I'm probably getting too dramatic. <laughs> um, the other thing is, uh, I have to acknowledge that the entrance um, for Ricky Vaughn at the, wild at the end, thing. the wild mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, this is this is an absolutely epic moment of the movie. And of course, it reminded me of none other than Edwin Diaz uh, making his epic entrance this year uh, for the New York Mets. Uh, Edwin Diaz, of course, uh, has, I mean, we Derek impersonated it for goodness yeah. sake. We made a video trying to impersonate <laughs> yeah. it. So my question to you, Sean, is is which which entrance do you think is better between <sighs> between uh, Edwin Diaz and uh, and Ricky Vaughn and the Wild Thing music and all all that stuff? It's it's tough. There, like, it is a genuinely hard question. The thing I like about Wild Thing is that you got the whole crowd singing. Like, obviously, yeah. the crowd was like imitating the trumpet thing for Edwin Diaz, but like, you got the whole crowd screaming Wild Thing. Um, plus, it, there's like, like lyrics, like yeah. they can kind of be a yeah. part of plus it. Plus, it like bit brought more. people yeah. together. Like, there's the scene where you got like the like the wild like punk rocker person like hugging like just a regular baseball fan. Like, it, it brought people together. Wild thing. Um, so it's probably got a slight edge just because you can sing it. Um, but I mean, Edwin Diaz thing is just it's so good. Like, it's such a good song. But yeah, I'll give the edge to Wild Thing. Okay. Uh, Josh Hunt says Wild Thing is my ringtone for my <laughs> wife. <laughs> I like it. That's that's incredible. Um, so I also came up with the character that I think most resembles Sean and uh, the character that I think most resembles me as well. Um, so for the character that most resembles Sean, do you have a guess? I mean, I feel like it's got to be right. It's yeah, not. It's, yeah. it's, a not a whole lot of diversity in the movie, and B it, <laughs> it just, wasn't just. No, I know, but it is, he's flashy, he's fast, he's he's a little cocky and confident. Like yeah. I, I relate. He to, has the mustache. He going has too. the mustache going too, which I currently have against my own will, but it is what it is. Um, but no, I, I think personality wise, he is the one that I I definitely relate to the most because. He's just he's gonna go out there and talk his shit, and then he's gonna back it up. That's what I like to do. I like to talk my shit, and then I back it up. So of course I, we're talking about Willie Mays. Yeah, I course. guess we should we should actually <laughs> say that. Um, so as far as the character that most resembles me, I I really like went over this over and over and over again, and I really couldn't settle on anyone that really made a whole lot of sense. So the conclusion I came to was uh, this is actually going back to the just a bit outside uh, screenshot from. Not this one. The one with the yeah, yeah. So I'm not uh, Harry Doyle. Yeah, the numbers guy. I'm the right. other guy. Yeah, yeah. Who's just kind of sitting there, right? Like, like Harry Doyle is sort of like Derek. Yeah. And then I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like the guy sitting there, like nodding and smiling, and you know, chiming Derek's in every now and then. You can't say that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that was, I don't know. Are there any other characters that you think are, are like me in this movie? That I miss on this show. No, that's probably that's. Probably the best one. I don't know because like that. No, I don't. I don't know because I don't. It's not really anyone like you because everyone else is kind of like 
a little problematic in their own way, and I wouldn't describe you as problematic. I mean, the I only one that, that I could even like the general manager, I forget his name, or like the GM that okay. the owner hires. Okay. But like he's a little too like fanny and like like rooting for the team, which is not necessarily like like obviously you're pro sure. but not necessarily your stick. Right. But I feel like the 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 numbers guy in the booth is probably the best comparison. Yeah, I think it makes sense. Do I I don't even know that guy's name. I don't remember his name either. I bet I could find it, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah, it's whoever's sitting next to Harry Doyle in the broadcast booth. Um, He semi-looks like me, sort of, maybe. I don't know. Um, But, of course, the the biggest part of all of this is my stat breakdown. Um, So that's the last graphic that we have here. Um, So, of course, Voodoo in him. Uh, had to be a hundred on this, Sean. There was no, yeah, there was course. no debate there. Uh, the jumbotron, Jumbo jumbotron animations were top notch. Yeah, they were the, very good. I didn't want, <laughs> I didn't want to like, I didn't necessarily want to put a, a grade on like the quality of like the cinematography or yeah. anything. But I was like, those jumbotron animations were were. No, top-notch. I did notice those on a number of occasions during the movie. Uh, Ricky Vaughn's fastball command we have coming in at 14 on the zero to 100 scale. Yeah, um, it well, was great when it mattered. I once guess. he got his glasses, they were pretty good. But yeah, originally it was not good. Oh, side note: I think it was hilarious in the opening, like the spring training part of this movie, where he throws 96 miles per hour. It's like one of the worst pitches. Like it's just like 10 feet above the pitcher, the right. batter's head, and they're like, oh, "We got to have this guy because he's throwing 96 miles per hour." Uh, which is obviously good speed, but it's not necessarily speed. It's going to make you be like, we need to have this, even though the guy can't. <laughs> he doesn't know how to hit the broads out of a barn. I just thought that was a little funny. Uh, Charles Woodall Pike says 14 is too high for Ricky Vaughn's fastball. <laughs> At least at the beginning of the movie, that's probably fair. Um, my over, I guess I should give the other one. So rewatchability, I have at 62. I would watch it again. Yeah, like I've if watched I, it probably like three, four times in my life. If I had a, like a friend who hadn't seen it somehow, although I'm pretty sure I'm the only person in the world who likes baseball and hadn't seen it, so maybe maybe that wouldn't happen. But I would watch it again. Um, I thought the plot was pretty decent overall. I have that at 68. Um, overall, I'm giving it a 74, Sean, on the on the zero to 100 scale. Yeah. Um, you thought that was too low? I mean, it's my favorite baseball movie ever. I mean, it. Like I told you, like we talked about off there, there's parts of it that did not age particularly well, but you know, it's an old movie. But I I just it's my favorite baseball movie. I would have given it at least an eighty. But okay. It's your it's your ratings, not mine. Okay. I've seen the movie before. I that thought the good. sand I don't know. The sandlot I had more fun watching. That's fair. They just uh, say so many funny things. That's fair. And uh I don't know. I think that movie, it's probably just my personality. That yeah. that movie just kind of jived with me a little bit better than this one did. Um but it was it was significantly better than I thought it was going really? to be. I honestly came in with pretty low expectations. Yeah, I feel like now when you see a movie that's led by Charlie Sheen, it's like, how is this going to go? Yeah, um, yeah. And then it was also an old movie. But yeah, I, I, I could see that. I could understand why you would have had low expectations going into it. I also liked the Arizona references because like the spring training is in Arizona yeah, it's and you in see Tucson, like Valley yeah. National Bank and there's like a Tucson ad on the on yeah. the uh, what's it called? The taxi um so i i did it i didn't notice that but yeah i i, I love it. It, it like i said it's, it is my favorite baseball movie josh says saying a lot better for sure but major league is fantastic angels in the outfield Ooh. next or what's another I good have, one i have already seen you angels have? in the okay. outfield so i don't know if we're i don't think we're allowed to do movies that i've already yeah, seen. no you have to it's got to be a first watch um what are the other big iconic baseball bad movies? news bears haven't seen that. Yeah, one. is that, that um one. Oh, the one I really want to watch is Field of Dreams. Okay. Actually. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen Field of Dreams. Really? Yeah, I, okay. I, I haven't. Um Natural the Natural. Um, which, fun fact, shot in Buffalo, New York. 
Ooh. Just saying. There you go. Um, yeah, there's obviously Major League Two bench warmers. Uh, Do the sequels get worse? I don't know if I've ever seen Major League Two, to be honest. I don't think okay. I've ever seen a sequel. Um, what else? There's there's a big one that I'm missing that I, I can't. Oh, League of Their Own is, is tremendous. But there was one I was thinking of, and I just it just left my brain. Um, yeah. Oh, you've seen Moneyball? I've seen Moneyball. Okay. Yeah. Of course yeah. I've seen Moneyball. Yeah, I figured. I, that yeah, seems on, like right on, up Sean. your alley, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a pretty solid base. I would argue that baseball has like the best sports movie of all time, Miracle Hockey. But okay, I say okay. that baseball has in general the best sports movies. It has a pretty solid group. Um, I'm beginning to learn that more and more yeah. as the days go by. Um, yeah, major. I don't really want to oh, watch Major League Two right now. Bull Durham is another one I haven't seen. Field of Dreams is like I'm not. Also, Elizabeth says it's overrated. I'm not really expecting it to be that great, but yeah. it's more just that like. These last two years when we've had the Field of the Dreams, Dreams game, game yeah. and it's like this iconic thing for so many people, and I just don't understand. It's yeah, like, yeah no, I'm, I'm the same what way. What are they doing? Like, can I have a catch? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, yeah like, that's a, can oh, we have yeah, a can catch? Can we have a catch? Just say play catch. Yeah. <laughs> Speak like a normal human. I've never asked somebody to have a catch. Um, that you're just going to throw the ball once, and they're going to catch it one time, and that's the end of it, just so you have a catch. Um, and then, yeah, I know like the build it and they will come thing. But yeah, I don't yeah. know. The Rookie is another one that I really like. I have seen The Rookie. Yeah, okay. I have seen The Rookie. The Rookie is an excellent movie. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll go Field of Dreams have next. You, have you seen League? Oh, 42. Have you 42 seen is excellent. Yeah, I have, seen have you seen League of Their Own? I have not seen League yeah, of Their Own. Yeah, that's another very, no. very good one. Uh, yeah, man, I have a lot of work there's to some, do. This is going to take the whole off season. Yeah. If we do these once a week, I'm not, we're never going to run out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, maybe we'll go Field of Dreams next so that I finally understand what the yeah, Field of Dreams Yeah, I might have to watch it myself. I don't know if I'll be invited back on the show, but I, I was Maybe still... we'll, we'll, is that one you haven't seen? That's no, I haven't said? seen Field of okay, Dreams. Maybe yeah. we'll kick Derek off that day and just have, uh, just have the two of us because you know Derek's, already, Derek's already seen it. Yeah. Um, uh, favorite chop shop order. What's your, what's Ooh, your go-to? So Sean? three times I ordered three things. I think the thing I ordered the last time was my favorite. It was like a chicken, like a grilled chicken and prosciutto sandwich. It was so good. Uh, the other two times I ordered like a like a steak sandwich and like one of their hash bowls, like the what is it, the Korean chicken, something yeah, like that. Like yeah. all very, very good. I love the sweet potato hash, but I think the chicken and prosciutto sandwich is my favorite. I'm a sucker for prosciutto. Okay. Okay. I haven't tried a sandwich yet. I really? Oh, the sandwiches that. are pretty good. I will not lie. They give you a pickle. Who doesn't love a pickle? I'm a oh. big pickle guy. It was a it was natural. What? You, you gave me your yeah, pickle. Yeah, I just didn't feel like eating it. Oh. No, I love pickles. Though. I was like, uh, I you like literally no, gave know, me your pickle. No. That was on National Pickle Day, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Well, yeah. you didn't, Leah didn't tell me that. Yeah, you never would have given up the pickle. No. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I did offer it. So, If Sean had known it was National Pickle Day, I never, the pickle, yeah, yeah. you definitely would have eaten that pickle. Uh, but anyway, uh, we love our friends over at Chop Shop. Uh, we get lunch from them here in the office once a month and it is um one of the best days uh of every month that we have around here so shout out to them uh once again uh become a diehard if you haven't already um my newsletter will drop tomorrow um so make sure that you're ready to go for that um craig of course is still doing his uh his monthly mailbags yeah, which he had a big one are tomorrow. You know, it, it might take you a hundred minutes to read it, but <laughs> um, but there's so much great information there that you can't find anywhere else. So it's absolutely worth it just for that alone. Uh, be sure to uh, drop us a like here on the video if you haven't already uh, and subscribe to us on YouTube if you haven't done that already as well. I think we just crossed over the 7,000 yeah, mark, if I'm not yep. mistaken. So uh, still going there strong, but uh, still going strong there. But um, be sure to help us out on that front if you can. Uh, you can also subscribe on any podcast platform. Um, and if you do that, be sure to leave us a five-star review. Uh, we always appreciate that. 
I, I always feel kind of, I don't know if you feel this way, Sean. I feel kind of icky asking people for a five star. No, I don't. In the words review. of the great Bomani Jones, leave us a five star review. If you leave us a four star review, I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. Like, what's the point? Just leave us five stars. Just, if you're going to leave a review, leave five stars. I don't, I'm not, I'm not too, I'm not too proud to, to, to ask for it. <laughs> So go ahead and do that. Go ahead and leave us a five star review if you feel we deserve it, which of course you do, right? That's that's Naturally. why you're here. That's why you're listening yeah. when we're almost an hour into the show. Do it for this face. And if not this face, do it for this one. There you go. There you go. Uh you could follow me on Twitter at, at Jesse and Friedman at Sean DePause. Underscore DePause. Underscore Sean DePause. underscore DePause. Darn it. Should have checked that before the show. Uh you can find Leah at Leah Merrill on Twitter. Uh, you can find our DBACs account and at PHNX underscore DBACs. But of course, all roads lead to PHNX underscore sports. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, hopefully, Twitter continues to exist. And TikTok. Um, and TikTok. And TikTok. There you go. And TikTok as well. Uh, thank you all for being here with us today. Um, Brian wants to give us four stars for lowballing Major League. Hey, but, don't, you know, don't punish me and Derek for his ratings. I, I didn't lowball. I said it was in the 80s easily. There you go. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate your time today. Thank you for sticking with us. Um, for Leah and Sean, once again, I'm Jesse Friedman. We appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you finally let Sean DePause yeah, baby. on the show.